0: Offers and contests. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to BetOnline.ag. Once again, BetOnline.ag code CLNS50 to get you fifty percent off your initial deposit. All right, welcome in Garden Report. Late, 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 late edition. Okay, twelve morning, forty-five we Whatever, we're fine. Was there ever any doubt? No not in the game not really but
1: I, I I smelled overtime I thought I got a whiff of overtime
0: but- not in the game and not in our ability to show up for this uh for this show uh we said we were gonna do it and we're here we're gonna be here for the Lakers game as well so right. uh, to those of you uh joining we'll welcome people here joining late um, joining the stream we may or may not have other guests as we go and as always we're gonna hop on locker room afterwards so um guys I'll get let's just start let's start at the end. Um, this was, you know, the Celtics have been good in fourth quarters lately, especially in, especially closing, uh, which has been uncharacteristic based on how they've been in the season. Uh, but they went up against one of the most clutch teams in the NBA and it looked for a little bit there. Celtics had that, I think it was 117, 109. And then they just kind of stopped for a little bit from that five minute mark to the one minute mark. Um. Not great shots. Thank goodness for Rob there. Bailed them out a couple of times with a couple of buckets there or else they might not have scored at all. And then Tatum with a freaking dagger at the end there, uh, which was, you know, classic no, 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 yes shot. But, I mean, that's what scorers do. And, you know, that was cold-blooded. So uh, that was it. Um, You know, Marcus there at the end, you know, You'd like to see him hit the two free throws, but that was clever there. What the Celtics did, missed a free throw, trapped the uh, trapped the rebounder. Portland had no timeouts, no ability to to advance it. I loved this game. I mean, I know everybody was freaking out over the Denver game. I loved this game. Not just how they pulled it out, but I loved the pace they played with. I loved the intensity. This felt like it was the whole game. Felt like it got kicked up a notch.
2: Yeah, they had had tone setters throughout, too. You had Kemba Walker early pushing them on transition. You had Marcus Smart setting a a tone on the defensive end of the floor for stretches of this one. Then you finally had Jason Tatum looking like that February 2020 version of himself in crunch time just making it happen. Exactly. Getting into the free throw line, taking advantage of right. the bonus, and it almost when you think of the way he's using the bonus, getting to the free throw line, as I just said, it's almost a step above what he was doing in that February stretch a year and a half ago because that was all shooting. Just, yes. you know, lethal three-point shooting, volume looks from outside. Now he's adding that free throw. Last three games, 10 attempts, 16 attempts, 8 attempts. Just free points for a guy who's shooting probably close to 90% at the line this year. Such a useful attribute for this offense that doesn't get to the free throw line a ton, and he's just willing them the advantages in these games right now from that location. Keeping the turnovers low, uh, dishing the teammates at a steady pace, He looks like that four general that he was for them in the playoffs again. And that is just a game changer for this group. He's past that COVID fog, it feels like. And what a shot and what a drop and great adjustments late by Brad. This was a tough one to win. I mean, they were down three steady throughout this one. And it felt like Portland was just that much ahead of them throughout large stretches of this game. And then they turned it up in a big way in that fourth quarter. Yeah, no question, Bobby. You know, uh, I like what you
1: talked about, the, the John. You talked about the pace and the, and the way they looked offensively. I mean, that was that went such a long way for Jason Tatum because it's been something we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, right? It was like, if, if you guys can swing the ball around, you know, help him help himself, right? I mean, whether it was Robert Williams, who I thought was great and just getting touches in the paint. I mean, Sherrod talked about that last week, but we saw yeah. that instantly. Those first five, six possessions, and it seemed like it, it would just – it seemed to happen throughout whether it was him whether it was other guys in that lineup of course Marcus Smart is the other key here you know helping him get those open looks course, helping guys like Marcus and, and Robert Williams get open looks for themselves. Now, Robert Williams wasn't afraid to hit a couple of big ones, or at least ones that they really needed, like you talked about, John. And I thought that what I loved the most about Tatum was you know, I, I easily was just as excited to see him get to the free throw line than I was to see him hit that three-pointer down the stretch, the dagger, right? Because that's like the superstar swag that you, that, that you see throughout the, throughout the league, throughout top 10 NBA guys, where they can keep their composure, you know, Stop the bleeding and just get to the free throw line. Stop the, you know, not not pan, not have your teammates try to do too much and try to try to uh, make up for for what you were unable to. no, 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 just control the pace, take your time, get to the get to the uh, hoop, of course, and then ultimately get to the free throw line. I thought that was huge. But, you know, for and, the
0: yeah, and I agree. What Bobby said with Tatum too is right is spot on. You know, you had that. It's totally right that. That stretch that he was on uh, last year, pre bubble, was all just just Dame Lillard stuff. Step back in your eye, you know, nothing you could do. Just hitting these, you know, right? Just knocking down these threes in people's faces uh, all the game long. Just unconscious shooting, as you said. But you look at his shot chart here. You know, uh, the majority. the efficiency with which he got 32 points that's that's totally different that's a different wrinkle the 10 free throw attempts you're t- you know uh, four out of 7 three point field goals he only he only attempted i think three shots outside uh, that weren't either three pointers or in the paint um and that's also not counting all the times he got to the line, which meant Brother. a lot of that stuff. I mean, these are the types of things you're talking about with Tatum that you want to see him hunting a better quality of shot. And it seems like he's doing that uh, these last few games in a totally different way. So you talk about and it. An evol- it's contagious, though, John, right? I mean, yeah. that's,
1: the, that's the important part. I don't have to cut you off. I just want to make sure I get this in here. But, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you look at the other two teammates in that starting lineup and all three of them, they scored 20-plus tonight, you know? You know, there would, yeah, 64 plus points from, from those three guys and Tatum, uh Jalen, and, and Kemba Walker. When's the last time we were able to say that? Or when was the last time we were to yeah. say, oh, yeah, you know, this is what it's supposed Each to look Each of the
0: big like. three goes for 20. You had a game last week where Smart was one of the three guys. They had three three guys but go for those, 20 and Smart was three. one of them. But you want right. to see the Kemba Brown, and uh, I loved Kemba tonight, too. The bounce he was playing with uh, was Definitely. awesome. And what's funny is, like, Jalen was the guy who was hot early. He shot out of the gate, um, you know, was their leading scorer. And then it just, you know, kind of Tatum took over. But it was a classic game of, like, we always talk about, like, my ball, your ball sort of offense. But today it felt more complimentary. Um, You know, right. each guy was kind of heating up at a different time. It wasn't that the other guys had gone ice cold. Um, just all game long, it was just a different guy stepping up. And it's when you have all of those weapons doing what they're doing the way they were doing it but again you're right it's it's the type of shot that they were getting everybody was attacking more a ton more inside outside paint touches as we've been talking about it felt different this felt like a different vibe of game um than, than ones they'd played in the past I, I like I said I it would have sucked if they lost it but I I really liked I I just liked the whole I liked I liked the way they played this game both ends of the floor and again, I, I you know I know Portland put up points it's a friggin dynamic offense here, you know, I mean I thought they played I thought they played pretty well defensively as well.
2: yeah, and what's interesting about this resurgence for this team is we're starting to see things they did so well last year, whether it's spot transition runbacks on defense or the defensive rotations or yep. you know, sharing the ball at a high level like this, multiple layers of facilitating. We're starting to see everything that drove that playoff run come back combined with like the new things that they've shown off this year, offensive rebounding, they were all over the boards all game long tonight. Second chance points were so important for them. Uh, a new level of physicality off the bench. I think if I have to look at something negative from this one, Portland's bench really took it to Boston for stretches, but there was still a physicality factor there. And you know, the staggering well, of the lineups that they were able
0: to take advantage of Cantor a little bit, that kind of saved them. Melo skewed those stats because he had. A, a, oh, a, it's good to have that guy oh. off the
2: bench. <laughs>
0: Melo's Mello, mellow. Yes. Let's let's be honest. I mean, he doesn't. Again, he doesn't shoot lights out like this very often, um, and so that obviously made it really tough. I mean, this just you know, He right, but, he, he he was out right. of his mind, and he can, uh, you
1: he know, can do that. He can do that sometimes, not not to that. What we saw tonight, but he sets the stage for those guys in that four sometimes. But again, I mean, that Portland, uh, you know, the defense down the stretch, that, that's the thing. I mean, you're playing, you know, shot for shot there. The Celtics got the better end, obviously.
0: He can, but I mean, honestly, he's he's got he's 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 got his you know uh, his lowest shooting percentage of his career this year. I mean, he is what he is. He's a guy who comes in, shoots a ton, but usually is around forty percent field goals. He was ten out of fifteen tonight. It's hard to count on that. I mean, he was hitting everything, and you know that little yeah. stretch there where Grant was on him too, and he got those threes yeah. and got him back in. That <laughs> they was just the wanted wrong
2: lineup, Grant. Every time that was
0: the Yo, wrong he, that was the wrong wrong him. matchup. Boy, yeah. he, in a row. I'm like, you got to just keep putting grit on him. I was like, I, you know, you know, you had Romeo come off the bench early, uh, and I liked that, but he never, he didn't get any run again. Uh, you'd certainly, I think, on Melo there, like to see, um, uh, you know, as he was heating up, a, a Romeo or a semi would match up a little bit better, but uh, maybe they were just counting on him turning back into a pumpkin at some point and not being able to continue this, this, this hotness and, and it, it, it burned him. And, it is what it is, but I, I think that skewed the bench stats there because just yeah. mellow went off. It's hey, something about Na- that rant. national national TV Mello. Somebody just put it in the chat. Uh, you know, TNT Mello yeah that's a good point
2: <laughs> there's something to that grant thompson duo though and they had a plus performance together again in this one no offense from those two yet a nice kick out from thompson to grant for three late that ended up being pretty important i thompson probably cleaned up a few buckets throughout the course of this one and then missed a ton of other ones inside but Late in games, particularly in the second halves, those guys are wearing away at opposing bench units too inside and packing that paint all over the boards. They've unlocked something there between those two, and it's allowed Grant to be more effective in these games outside of those mellow scorching stretches. He had had a nice block on Lillard late in rotation, and Thompson's holding down that paint right now, blocking shots, being a rim protector. Uh, Just a new dynamic there off the bench that you didn't
0: see early in the year by the way just uh just 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 to you know show you how rare the mellow was uh anyone know the box? anyone know uh, his output in his last game uh two days ago against Miami four points zero points on over four <laughs> shooting um before that 11 7 8 10 6 so again this was an you know, an how about that movie? How about game.
2: that movie? Throw on Pritchard. I mean, Pritchard and Grant had an education about as
1: old as on the took, other
0: side. Surprised he only three.
1: took four shots.
0: Zero, <laughs> zero points last game off the bench. So, uh, Celtics by the way moved into uh, fifth place in the East with this win there. Now one game behind the fourth place Hawks. So, yeah, look um, out, look out, Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. The fourth there for the taking. I, I mean, it is, and it has even, even at their worst as the eighth, they <laughs> they're it, like a game and a half back <laughs> At the it, it, when they were like the ninth seed or the eighth seed, they've never further than a game and a half or two games back. So it's always been within reach. It really is a, who wants it, who wants to take it sort of thing. And you're right. If they go on a streak or they start to play like this. Uh, and again, we'll point out here, um, uh, this is an interesting stat. Oh, well, nine and two when Rob starts. Um, But anyway, uh, yes. (laughs) But anyway, uh, it's there for the – the the four or the five seed is there for the taking. And the four or the five seed is the key um, getting into one of those two spots. It doesn't really matter which one. Uh, If you get there, your fortunes are a little bit better. You wouldn't mind necessarily the six um, either. But again, four or five, you you definitely want to get out of that play-in situation. Uh, and see if you can get in there get, and then get you know, home court. If
2: it's, if it's there for the taking, well, get yourself home court round one. Why not? Yeah, it's relevant. I think it's relevant. You're going to have some fans in there.
1: This is, these are Boston fans we're talking about. you got to remember, these uh, the, these uh, chants that really dig deep, that can really get under uh, opposing players' skin, I think Boston's the place for that, especially during the playoffs. You know, when the sun's out and, and everyone hasn't been, or most people haven't been to a Southern game in, in a long time, they'll show up. For sure, yeah. Um, so, not uh, even know? Like, think about it, Kemba and uh, they don't know. They don't. They haven't had playoff basketball at the Garden yet. There's a big difference.
2: Yeah, that that capacity thing's probably still going to be in place by then. I can't imagine they're going to jam too many more people in there if any more at all. And you know, we've been there a couple of times, Josue. It's a it's a good atmosphere. I'm sure it'll ramp up to they a can, new level of up back you on playoff time. You know yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, it's a it's a step. Huge step above zero, but it still doesn't even approach that, you know, May basketball we're used to, which
0: is going to be too bad. It is weird, it's just in terms of everybody's internal clock right now. It's mid April, and we're not in the playoffs right now. and just is odd, uh, you true. know, right, right now. Do. Yeah. Double it playoffs.
1: This past weekend w- would have been right round one. Most of the time, you can
2: start to feel it though. It's warming up a little bit outside. These games are starting to get a little more intense. The playoff race—we're looking at the standings every day. It's cu- its getting here, and there's some yeah. big ones to come in the week or two ahead.
1: I you know you can always feel it around these parts. People are in a better mood, you know. They—they they like, uh, open the doors for you and stuff. You know, it's not like that winter attitude around Boston. Yeah,
0: Bruins uh, let's- too. Bruins, Bruins get back on their feet. Bruins making Bruins making the type of moves you wish Danny made at the trade deadline. Oh. Um I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> let's talk now, a little, but let's talk a little bit about Kemba. Um I loved it. I loved Kemba today. Um just aggressive overall good game and as you said is you know if you if this is the Kemba you have all year Absolutely. Take it. Cash it in. This is, you know, um, this was a good, uh, I mean, this was a good game for him to step up and play the way he did. Uh, we're going to yeah, try, definitely. we're going to try something here. Uh, there's somebody what's knocking up? on the door here. If they can hear us, they give me a thumbs up. I will let them in the door. They up, can Kimbo? hear you can us. Talk? There we go. Hey,
1: Sherrod, what's going on?
0: Hey buddy. Can you hear all of us?
3: I can hear all of you. Where'd Bobby go? Oh, he's uh, what you made him leave. One orangeman in, one orangeman out. Is that how this works? I yeah. guess that's how it works.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one by one. Well, sometimes sometimes the, the app gets wonky and you create little ripple effects here. Um, and uh, someone comes on and then the next person can't hear. But uh, we've gone that's over first, just – uh, we, we went over our thoughts on the game, Sherrod. Why don't you give us your uh, 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 initial, initial
3: thoughts on just tonight? This is a Boston Celtics team that all of us thought could actually contend in the East. The way that they were just attacking all game long, big shots from Tatum, multiple effort plays from from Marcus Smart, you know, Kimber Walker. I thought had a really good game. Uh, even your boy Grant Williams knocked down a big shot here and there. This was as complete an effort as we've seen from them in a long time because so many different guys did some really awesome things. And again, I'm I'm gonna beat this horse into the ground. They were attacking early on, getting the ball in the paint. They weren't necessarily scoring, but they were loosening that Portland defense, which is pretty damn crappy to begin with. But they were loosening them up early by forcing them to defend the paint, and that opened things up for the perimeter. And to me, it was it was one of the better games they played. The aggressiveness led to easy turnovers. I think at one point it was like a 24-5 advantage in points off turnovers. That is the Boston Celtics team we need to see more of.
2: Yeah, their advantage in so many areas of this game grew so decisive, and it was such a close game that as it went down to the wire. But they were doing so many things, so much better than the Blazers. Whether it was that ball control facet, uh, three point shooting, the the Blazers were bricking shots, frankly, down the stretch, and and Boston just kept either getting to the free throw line or producing good looks from outside themselves and knocking those down. So. I thought they were more uh, dominant than even that fourth quarter result will ultimately show late, but that that made up for a first half where I thought they weren't all that impressive, especially on the defensive end. Like That was a disaster in the first half defensively.
3: I mean, the way, first half. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the way Carmelo Anthony was getting great looks, I mean, I would have thought it was Seton Hall out there defending them instead of the Portland Blazers. He, he, every shot he wanted, he got whenever he wanted, and it didn't matter who was defending him, and you just can't allow that to happen. I mean, I, I love Carmelo to death, but there's no yeah, way in hell that should have as many great looks as he got. Well,
2: that's a good life what, at this point what, in his career. He gets what, to line up Grant. He gets to line up Peyton Pritchard and just go at those guys. I know,
0: and I know you Q's guys love it, and you've got visions of what Melo once was. But again, Sherrod, we were talking about him earlier. <laughs> Melo's last few games prior to this one, two two days ago against Miami, a goose egg, zero points. Seven points the night before that, ten points. Like this was, this was a mellow you don't see that often anymore. Tnt mellow. Tnt yeah. mellow is one of our commenters put out there, um, and so he brought it tonight. And again, this I think, I think that was the aberration that kept the game closer because I actually felt like the Celtics overall played a more dominant game than the final score will show, at least yeah. in, in the stretches where it counted. I felt that I agree,
2: way too. I
0: agree with they you, Bob. One. John's not trying to give Melo any flowers. Jeez, and you know what's man.
1: impressive oh, I'm about that? I'm fine Langer with it. Linker was three years old when Melo first played in the NBA, man. like you he he had, had a good
3: game. game. I mean, Melo had a, had a, good, a game. good game.
0: You always so, had okay. – you always have to consider the opposition, like I said, is the Denver game, everyone gushed over it. I was less impressed because I thought Denver played so poorly. Like, I can't imagine a worse game. This was a Portland team playing at its highest level, and it was on the road, and the Celtics, I thought, were an arm's length ahead of them. You know, they they, they outplayed them there. Both teams played really well, I thought. Uh, and then you get that extra gravy from Mello. It, this is the type of game Portland. Portland – plays this plays this game and has Melo go for 25 off the bench i think they expect to win it and the celtics again they, they brought that energy all game long as gerard said early uh getting in the paint aggressive attacking setting the tone they did it they did it all game long i love the pace uh you know it yes. felt it, it felt like a playoff type of game um, real quick we'll get into a lot more stuff here we haven't had a chance to tell people um, locker room uh, by now, if you've been watching this post game show, you know it's this thing we do. Uh, after the post game show is over, we head over to wow. the locker room and we talk to you guys. Yes, it's late. Um, yes, we're tired. No, we don't care. <laughs> we're still gonna do it. Okay, uh, we're gonna go. go. <laughs> we're gonna do it. We're I'm gonna talk. Pretty good. I feel right I've this is second wind right now. Um Seriously, you can't get rid of this adrenaline like second wind evening, and a half carafe of coffee at midnight. Wind. It's not it's not advisable but I went with Barry's tea. Yeah. No. I've got I literally have my french press next to me for a refill right here in case I need oh, it. Man. It's going to be a late one for these two. Um, so I we are going to do
3: it, but I will not disclose what I've been drinking, but I'm feeling pretty good. Sherrod hey, will, will get to bed easily. Uh, bottles
1: <laughs> over there. I, see, I see the wine bottles out there. I see you Charade.
0: But, uh, for, for those of you who haven't experienced it yet, <laughs> it's an audio only app. It's free downloaded on the iOS store. It's not available on Android yet, but hopefully it will be soon and that'll allow more of you to join us download it uh we will put a link in the chat let you know where to go and we're going to go over there and the cool thing about it is you get to talk to us and uh some you know we hear from you in person you guys are all over the chat every game it's a ton of fun watching the comments scroll through but we've had a uh you know we've had a fun time getting to know some people getting to hear their voices uh so if you haven't yet join the conversation it's fun if you don't do it tonight Next game, next game. We're going to be doing it all season long. So, uh locker room app. Go download it. Go to joinlockerroom.com. Uh, guys, more on this game right now. Other thoughts and things that stood out to I, you.
2: I want. I want to slip in a guy who's not going to get a ton of credit for this one, but I do think he deserves some. Don't you say, Tristan Thompson? No, but he was part of this. Brad <laughs> He's Stevens. Say no, Brad Stevens coached a hell of a fourth. He there's was... some.
0: There's some people in the chat saying apologizing to Brad as well.
2: My moment of the game was about six minutes left. Lily hit a Tristan. three. No, Tristan was still in here at this point. But that was a good move, too, you know, when the yeah. four-minute stall there and he got a couple cleanups at the rim. But, but before that, Lloyd hit a three, made it a five-point game, and Brad threw some aggressive traps right away at him. Got a quick stop on the first one because Powell right. missed a long three and then got a turnover on nerkes a sloppy one in the lane on the next play. And that kind of just threw the – Blazers off their offensive flow for about a minute and a half. He ended up getting another one, but Lillard never really broke through in a way that scared you late. And some good trapping was part of the reason for that and uh, just some sharp defensive rotations otherwise. They were making Portland take tough shots, long threes, at just being in the right spots defensively. The raw point's good, John. That was a nice adjustment. And then he called out that trap on the final free throw after Smart missed the first one. He, like, drew that up on the fly. So was this was kind point. of an old-school, like, you know, clipboard out, drawing up things nonstop, fourth-quarter Brad kind of game that we remember from 2015 or so.
3: Uh, but isn't this the kind of but isn't this the kind of the, the scenario that Brad Stevens typically does his best work where his team is considered the underdog and no one believes that he can do XYZ one two three and then all of a sudden, wow, they're able to beat a really good team or, or beat a, a decent team in Portland. But I'm not buying that. This team is playing now at the level they should be playing at. They're a good yeah. team. This is what good teams are supposed to do. So while they may be trying to galvanize this underdog, you know mantra, a chip on the shoulder, they're not fooling anybody. They're yeah. a good team, and they're finally starting to play yeah. like it. That's
0: what yeah. that this is why a lot of the you know the 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 the, the rants and the anger from earlier uh, from various stretches throughout the season, I didn't buy into the excuse making of, it's not, they just don't have enough talent. Like, sure. There is, uh, you know, you, you get well, they're deepened, healthy
2: now too. That's I know, but you get deal. deeper
0: into that rotation. Of course, you're not playing with some major league talent. And when they were down a guy, you're right. You see how thin they are. There's still way too much top end talent on this team to have been a 500 to have been floundering around and below 500 as much as they were. And again, there's the COVID situation and that stuff is real. And uh, you don't know how much it affected Tatum. There's plenty of things, but again, You know, there's a lot of other teams that deal with a lot of stuff, too. It's not unique to the Celtics, even though it's been slightly worse for them. There's just too much talent. Yes, the bench is not great, but, I mean, you have – when you have Tatum and Brown – that alone tatum brown and three guys off the street should get you to 500 right now in this eastern <laughs> conference you know it's like remember moses malone this is this is, it, not, not, yeah, not okay. this is gonna date us yeah not literally this is gonna date us but moses moses malone back in the day said that he and four bums could beat Larry, he and four guys off the street could beat the celtics but i honestly think uh i honestly <laughs> think the celtics could those two with basically anybody First around and you're not talking anybody around them. You're talking about Kemba Walker, who even at a slightly reduced version of himself was a starting, a starting All right, all-star. Let, let, let's last talk year. about Kemba because that's and a Mark, big
2: difference right and now. And Marcus
0: Smart. These are legitimate players. There's there's enough. And, and Tristan Thompson, whether he was playing well, you had at least five, six, seven legit NBA players throughout most of this season. Their play was inexcusable. Sherrod said their level. Was definitely higher than what they were playing at for a long period of the season. That
2: that Kemba kind of came and went, though, as, as did other guys in and out of the lineup legitimately. Sure. And now it feels you, like it feels like there's a new Kemba, not quite the old Kemba, but a new Kemba compared you know to what? what he was earlier. in the year.
3: Yeah, I don't know. About here's that. the thing about Kemba, though. My 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 thing with Kemba is this. I, He's not quite where he was when he arrived here, no, but what no he's way. starting to do. A, but what he's starting to do a better job with now is figure out ways to contribute that don't necessarily require him to score points. You look at his numbers from in terms of rebounds and assists. Like the last three, four, five games, he's been really good. I mean, he's and it's not that he's just getting guys the ball, you know, when he's in trouble, he's getting the balls to guys in rhythm. He made a couple of sweet passes uh, in this game that I didn't think Kimba had in his bag because we never really saw that. So to me, we're seeing a different version of Kimba, a, a version that, frankly, I feel a lot better with going forward because I don't I don't this Kimba doesn't have to score a ton of points. To put his imprint on games, and to me, that's the secret sauce for this team to get over the hump with Kimba not being Kimba. That that we've come to ex- that we've seen all those in Charlotte. Uh, and it, again, this this was a good win, man. This was a really good win uh, because again, and I think you guys pointed out earlier, it wasn't easy. They had to yeah. grind it out. They had to execute down the stretch. Something that we've been absolutely killing them for all season long because they were killing themselves in that regard.
0: Yeah. yeah, it was, no, it was no, interesting. You're talking about the rebounding. I mean, there was a point in the game, just a weird stat where Rob Williams had the most field goal attempts on the team and Kemba Walker was the leading rebounder. Kemba Walker was a team's leading rebounder in heading into the fourth quarter and was finally surpassed by Tatum. He finished with eight rebounds and seven assists. That's a pretty, yeah. you know, on, as you on said. On both ends
2: of the floor, it's he's a different getting game. into the thick of it.
0: Where, should, where he's suffering is in the shooting department where he's just had especially from behind the arc uh, has been a real slog for about a 10 12 game stretch here that's just been dragging down his numbers and i think that's the stuff that freaks people out because they're just like He's not doing it. He's not. But again, what you're looking at with Kemba, his involvement, his energy, his mobility, you know, those are the things you look for. He's always been a streaky sort of shooter. If you look at his career numbers, he's always low 40s in general field goal percentage with a with mm-hmm. a three-point percentage somewhere in the thir- high 30s. That's what you're getting here. He's just a tick below those numbers this year. It's not ridiculously low. It just is inefficient. Um, and you know, that little difference makes a difference. Uh if he's going to be jacking 18, 20 shots a game and they're losing. So this is the type of Kemba you want to see. I mean, he knocked down a couple of big threes in this one. Uh, as you said, the, the 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 passing, moving, whipping the ball around, you know, he was part of the flow. It felt like he was in the flow today instead of just like, all right, I'm gonna try to do Kemba things right now. You know, it's felt the efforts felt disjointed at times uh throughout the season. This 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 didn't this didn't feel like it.
3: Yeah.
1: Right. And that's the biggest difference. Like Kemba, when, when Kemba is down on himself, it seems like, or at least it felt to me throughout the course of the regular season, it, he starts not being engaged as much, you know, whether it's grabbing those extra rebounds or, or just penetrating and, and keeping the ball in your hands or keeping guys involved. That's the, that's the difference that we're seeing now. Because now he's, he's getting people the ball, what would they like? He gets the ball back, and he's keeping himself engaged. You know, we talked about it before. When he's ice cold throughout the first half, he's still capable to go off in that second half. We've seen that before throughout, you know, his tenure here in Boston and throughout his career, essentially. And I think the biggest difference this season, or at least right now in particular, the last uh, few games or so, is that, one, well, at least in this in this West Coast road trip, one there's in the back-to-backs, right? So we're going to see more Kemba where he's not going to be in and out of you know having to be forced to, to to sit out, and and two, he's going to be engaged more because now that the ball's swinging more and and now that we're we're seeing Celtics uh, get more opportunities for not only Kemba but for Robert Williams and for Tatum that he's not going to just shy away. I mean that's what that's what used to worry me before where it seemed like. If Kemba missed a few three-pointers, he felt like he couldn't find another way to be effective, or he was down on himself, and he didn't want to step on Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown's toes. But now everyone's encouraging one another, and that's a huge difference I'm seeing, especially in that starting five. That's why I think it's so important for him to be out there, of course, and not having to sit out, at least for these next week or so, since the Celtics don't have another back-to-back coming up anytime soon. I mean, it's so important for him to get more comfortable with that starting lineup, of course, with Marcus Smart back, and, of course, with Robert Williams. Uh, anchoring that that starting five
0: yeah. And you touched on
3: I, you just touched on a second of Joe's play with Robert Williams. I mean, he actually made a made a shout or two face in the basket, not just relying on lob dunks yes, and things like that. Right. That's going right. to I'm up. telling you, that is going to open everything up for Tatum and Brown and Kimba. Because at some point, teams are gonna have to put some respect on Robert Williams' face up game. And when and, that happens, the floodgates will open. That's building
2: well, for about a the, month now. The
0: key yeah. to it for him is to not hesitate. Because yeah. right. I think right. it's in his nature to get the ball and immediately look for who's coming for the handoff. But if he thinks of himself when he catches it, and there was one in the first half, he caught it just short of the free throw line and immediately went up, you know, and that's a Mm. tough shot from that distance for a big guy. And, and Mm. it just looked good and he dropped it. And then he had another face up, you know, kind of post up uh move where he just got it and turned and put it off that stuff. He doesn't look for instinctively right on the catch. He's always looking for it. On the lob or on the on the interior pass there to go up quickly, but very rarely, as you said, I, to face up and look for his offense. And and it, there's there's nothing r- mechanically wrong with his stroke. It's a good there's, looking shot. Performance. It's, yeah. it's, the form it's is pretty. Great. It sometimes could be a tad flat, but it's a pretty good looking stroke. And there's no reason why that isn't the next step in his game. Um, you're you're worried you he starts to work. A's. He starts to work it in now. It might it, I will he have the confidence to do it in the playoffs when the stakes are raised. I'm not really sure. So I don't know if you're going to get too much of that yeah. from him for the rest of the season, but it is the next step in his evolution and you like to see him, you like to see it. Listen, uh,
3: report now that's something that going forward yeah. into the playoffs that's something teams are going to have to bake into their game plan he may not yeah. take a single shot outside of eight feet but teams are going to prepare for that because they're going to see that in a regular season and that's what you want uh yeah. you can't you, you you want teams to be thinking about rob williams and shooting jumpers and not so much about double teaming kimba and closing out on tatum gives it just it opens things up for the rest of your guys when he's able to pose that threat and they're still they're still missing him on three or four
0: easy lobs a game, easy, okay. Easily, and easily. a couple a couple of them resulted in buckets. Tatum had one, Brown had one, easy, easy. Smart had another, uh, where they, and Smart usually looks for him, but there, there's a few more. There's more opportunities there. Um, but yeah. again, you know, you've got scores with the ball in their hand. If they get a little bit of daylight, they're looking for their shot as well. So you understand it, but. It, it, you know there is a little bit more you can open up there too and 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 like i said it's not only that in turn has such a ripple effect there you know you get rob to throw down one of his dunks when his teeth are at the rim you know and he just friggin' thunders it down on everyone and they're like oh my god like you don't want that to happen on you again you it it, it's in your brain you know to, to 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 keep it from happening and then it just draws everybody over there and and it, it really frees up the lane for, for those guys to be able to operate.
2: So now that we're about 11 games in, I think what's a and I have, I have next to no qualms about his offense, the passing, the shots, he takes the decisions he makes. It's all great. I'm stunned that now where he's taking 10, 11 shots a game, he's maintaining that 75% efficiency. And it's not just because he's dunking every single time. He's got legitimately great touch around the rim. And we're talking about him now at this point being like Mitchell Robinson, DeAndre Jordan, those kind of guys who shoot like 68% plus from the field, which is such a weapon for an offense if you're getting that in volume. Uh, Now defensively, That's where you you still have questions about him because first half, even into the third, when Nurkic started lining up against them, it got a little physical. He started getting bumped off his spot. The lane was opening because of his positioning issues. He's got to hammer it down, tighten it up just a little bit. Their worst defensive stretches of the night, he was a big part of it, not being in the right position in the lane, in the pick and roll. Lode was taking advantage of him in that aspect of the game. So... I'm glad Brad stuck with him. I'm glad he had the confidence to go back to him in the fourth because there were stretches of this game where he really struggled defensively. And you got to give Brad some credit for that too, John, because there were times in the past where if he saw that from Rob in the first half, he would get away from him for the rest of the night.
3: Again, it's always... I mean, the alternative is going to Tristan. And to be candid... I think Tristan Brad wasn't very come, good tonight either. Brad has come to the light that Tristan yeah, yeah. is a nice backup who can give us minutes and can, and can do some really solid things. But if we're going to elevate if, Brad, if the Celtics are going to elevate as a team and get back into this race. You got to have Rob out there. Big man. I, I can't to.
2: lie. I thought we were going to see some Cornet tonight, but we didn't. <laughs> no,
3: no,
0: no. I mean, look no. it, it, with, with Rob, it's always a calculus, right? Like, I mean, it's it, like with anybody. I mean, that's the thing is it's funny. Like, I mean, you watch Tristan Thompson fumble all over himself when he gets a rebound trying to get it to put he back. He missed a
2: ton of shots inside or, tonight. Or, or, that was a or,
0: or he catches a pass on the interior, or you watch him run the pick and roll and you see how it doesn't suck the defense at all. <laughs> there's no respect for his role, uh and there's no gravity, uh, that it's almost pointless to run it because it just nobody nobody follows. I uh, love
2: the way he's playing defense right now,
0: though. The defense is great, but what I'm saying is again, there's the calculus there is like you know what we've been talking about all year we nitpick rob to death for the things he doesn't do and but it seems like everyone else gets a pass like there's a lot that tristan doesn't do thankfully though for the first time all year his defense is closer to what you thought you were getting when he first arrived, and that's been making a difference. So now you've got two complementary pieces. So there's really no reason to complain about you know whose minutes and this and that. Brad can play more matchups and more situations uh there, um, and 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 take advantage of each person's skill set. But you're right; it's just the the ceiling on Rob is just so much higher in what he's able to do. Again that was a tough call late in that game to go to Rob there because you weren't sure what you needed. Um, And it it saved them because when they went ice cold, they went into ISO um, getting poor shots late in the clock and three pointers and this and that Rob's two buckets there kept Portland from going on a who knows what to O run uh, and, and stealing the game from them. So that, that made a difference.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of the time, too, like, I think Rob's starting to, or at least Brad, I should say, starting to trust Rob down the stretch with his instincts, you know, like, before it seemed like he was always, you know, double guessing himself, or seemed like he was always a couple steps behind, but I think he's finding ways to be effective when he, when, when that lob isn't there for him, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he has great hands, he's a good passer, I mean, that's hard to find for someone his size, and for someone who's that athletic, I mean, it's it's a huge advantage to have on the offensive end.
2: Yeah, you know? I don't know where that comes from, even with him. I, I mean, I know he's a guy who, when he practices, is doing a ton of face-up dribbling, ball handling work. I've watched a lot of videos of his workout from last offseason, and you know, he almost looks like a forward the way he's practicing in those situations. It. He just has a knack for it,
1: Bobby. Yeah. I, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if something you can necessarily teach. I think he's just something he's picked up, and it's a well, huge just, advantage for
3: the Celtics. When he first got here, and I would talk to some guys like Al Horford, who would say that Rob's a really good passer, and I just thought that Al was just absolutely bullshit me because I I didn't that. Was really
0: that was that was a, that was a yeah. she's nice, you know, sort yeah. of compliment. Like, yeah. oh, he's a, oh, he's
3: a terrific passer. Like, sure, yeah. yeah. What, what, like, I I was was right. Romeo's a great really defender. good passer. That's what he's getting now. Yeah. Yeah. He's a really good passer, though. I mean, he, he's proven yeah. that when he's had a chance to play. Uh, and, and, again, I, I think a lot of that just comes from his instincts. So much of what Rob does, I think, is instinctual uh, when it comes oh. to defense. Remember, he was trying to swat exactly. anything that left a shooter's hand when he first got right. to the league. And now like, when he was he's, really raw.
1: You can tell how instinctual yeah, he He still right.
3: needs to dial it back by about 30%. But I Cause, like cause- the direction that he's going with his entire game. It seems that he's things are starting to slow down and he's starting to figure out how he can be not only impactful, but be on the court long enough to be impactful. <laughs> he's going to have some days where he's going to have setbacks, obviously. But I think overall, he's much better now than he was a year ago, for example, in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. right i mean the, you again you talk about
0: evolution of players um you know you, you saw we saw what we saw from Jalen last year almost making two leaps tatum making a you know a leap in the middle of the season you know rob's leap this year over the, over over last is almost indescribable like you said we were barely we were wondering whether he was even playable in a playoff series last year? You know, like, is he worth even putting out there for a minute or two? And now you're talking about, like, you got to get him up to 30 minutes and screw it. Put him in against Embiid and whatever happens, happens. So, I mean, he's on another planet. And again, this is a thing where, you take a step backwards by losing some players on your team that you were expecting to maybe have, and you, you, you need other people to, to, to step up. So you need the continued evolution of the Jays, which you're getting, and you needed something like Rob without, you know, you needed this Rob revelation um, or somebody to kind of step into a role. If it was Neesmith came out, it was awesome out of the gate or Romeo. You didn't get it from those guys. You got it from Rob. So that's huge.
2: Yeah. 21 assists eight turnovers in april it's just incredible
3: yeah Yeah. jumping right into the lineup
2: and playing at that level right from the jump you know finding cohesion with these guys not making a ton of mistakes it's 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 remarkable what he's done this year it's really the story of the season because when this guy got drafted gerard talks about year one he just didn't play last year an injured wreck, out 43 games, barely able to get involved with the team last year. And now from that, this level of impact, this quickly, it's really astounding, especially for a guy who fell so far in the draft because of all these concerns around him. But that's I've the thing about, about it, though. Bobby's ahead, so no, no, I got man, a lot Joe. of
0: people in the chat really concerned about Joe Sway, so they want me to ask him a direct question to make sure he's still with us. <laughs> he's, he's, he's starting to it. I'm good. I'm good. He's, he's hydrating.
3: Still, he's, when we go Joe, through. did you stre- get you a drink from the top shelf? Nah,
0: man.
1: <laughs> bit, sure? You know, I'm trying to jump in here. <laughs> we,
0: we go we, we go in stretches where, where Joe Sway isn't directly involved and he starts to <laughs> slip into a little bit of a coma. So, I'm still. So, We're going to pass him the ball I'm like here. Rob. So, Joe Splay, we need to get you involved in the offense here. We're going to pass you the ball. Go. Oh No, I I'm, I try to jump in there. Go ahead, Sherrod. Go ahead. I got the next one.
3: No. No. I'm going to be a good teammate and get you to rock. Go ahead. All right. All right I appreciate
1: that. All right. But, no, I was going to say about what, what Bobby just said about uh, about Rob. I, I don't – like, if this doesn't come as a surprise to me. I mean, it's easy to say, well, Rash has been playing him, you know, before. Well I, well, I don't think it worked quite that way because I thought – Daniel Tice, you know, when at the start of the season, I thought he he had another <laughs> another notch to him, to his, to his game, if you will. Hey, he was knocking down that three-point shot. You, you saw how that opened things up. I thought Grant Williams had another notch to him. But also, you know, when Robert gets his opportunities, you see the impact he makes. And I think through the growing pains, if you will, whatever you want to call it, He just he's he's getting it now. And I think that's really significant for this team. And and it's not necessarily just about him being being a starter, but it's also how he finishes the games, right? That's crazy, Josh Way.
2: It's also about
1: him not getting into foul trouble. Like that's gonna be so important for this team, especially in the postseason. Like he cannot be that dude. You know, we've seen him be that guy before, you know, racking up three fouls before halftime. That just puts the Celtics in a really, really tough spot on both ends
2: we can go back to the archives from the playoffs and find a video of us debating whether grant williams or rob williams was better which is just wild to think about <laughs> right right seriously Another like that's
1: 180 he's made or not even you know he's just that's where he was at, like, it was at like
3: brad was looking down the
2: bench in the playoffs saying do i go <laughs> to rob like, or do i go to whoa. Grant?"
0: So i was like i missed that one
3: <laughs> i was not with the team then hmm
0: <laughs> uh, I did want to talk about a little bit about uh, marcus as well um from especially on the defensive side of things um another really good defensive game from him um and, and we all know how this marcus story has gone uh, and we're not trying to draw any any added attention to the Garden report, but it's well publicized and well known at this point. Marcus took exception to something said on this program. Uh, it's made the airwaves. It was talked about on the radio, um, you know, uh, a lot uh, earlier this week um, about Marcus's you know, listening to the criticism, and not just Marcus, other Celtics as well, and this media, this how the how the media criticism has gotten to him. Marcus again addressing. Um, Addressing this in his post game press conference, I don't have the sound yet. I'm just gonna read you the quote. Uh, Marcus was asked again on returning to his all defensive team form. Um, and he said (laughs) he said he's he said he's just getting started, and again acknowledged that he heard the criticism and it fueled him. So, again, you're welcome. Um, but also, uh, uh, you're welcome,
3: but 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 John. It's that it's really, really, really dangerous when a player attributes elevating their game to outside noise because it it sets you up in a way that you should you shouldn't be motivated or get added motivation because someone says something about you. I mean, you've got you've got to get your ass out there for 30 some odd minutes and, and, and go all out. And that's what Marcus is doing now. And it, to me, it's a domino effect. His effort defensively is trickling down to the rest of that team, and they're all playing so much harder. And yeah. that's a great thing to do. They're playing like the team that we fully expected to see at the beginning of the season. And yeah. if you want to attribute that to like a, you know media talk, that's fine. But I, I think the in all reality, you had to do that. That's on right. you. So own that shit. I mean, own and, what you've done to step your game up. Don't stop giving right. credit where you have to be the one to save. Right. You have to be the savior of your team, not the media chastise you, not the media calling you out. You have to be the one and own that. Yeah,
1: but and that's the way right. I look at this, Rod. Go, like that's the ahead. thing. Like when people are like, "Oh man, like I can't believe Marcus said that," I'm like, "Good. What you think? I got uh, that's nothing. Like you know what I mean? Like that's listen. That's part of the whole thing here, right?" We talk about the team if they're not doing well. We say they're not doing well, the players respond. And now they're doing
3: better. And what are we talking about?
1: That's the story I don't mind writing, Sherrod. I'm sure you don't mind writing that, you know, <laughs> the morning after. I mean, listen, that's the whole thing here. And if people want to say, well, you know, Marcus shouldn't even mention something like that, I don't have a problem with that because, I, listen, if that motivates you, then so be it, whatever it takes, right? I mean, some people Listen, don't some people believe that it shouldn't take that. But regardless, if it does anyways, then good. Run with it. Go ahead. You figured, you know yeah, what? as a player, you figure out you and, figure to what. You know.
3: But if you make
1: all defensive team, or well, whatever the case may be, whatever the narrative is, I'll write the story in the morning and say, hey, you, you got that. You know what I mean? You told us so, you know?
3: Well, even yep. before he started playing better, I mean, his all-defensive status wasn't going to change. He's going to be in first or second team. I think that's pretty much a given even before this latest run. But my, my thing is this, if you are a very good team and you've got very good players, you should win a lot of games. And if you're right. not doing that, you need to play better. And if, if, if you have to, like, you know, feel as though it's you against the world and that's gonna make you play better. Then you you do that. But you you're not fooling me. If you're playing better, it's because of just what I just said. You are playing better, not because you know Sherrod or the Garden Report or Shaq or or anyone said this or the other. You're playing better because you're playing closer you, to your you your potential. That. You're being, as John would put it, the best version of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Right. The best right. Version of <laughs> right. yourself. Everybody say right. no, but I mean, but what have we you. got? You when know what I mean, like,
1: it, like like to, to Marcus, like
0: you did that. You know what I mean, but, but if, if you want to throw us credit, all right, we'll take it. They don't. I. That's the thing. And we, when we got animated talking about this the other day, you know, and and, and uh, they it, that was the point. When if if they're playing better now, that meant they were playing worse before. Therefore, criticism was warranted. It's almost it's it, you you make the case for and against yourself in that regard. If you're the right. Celtics now and you have upped your level of play, that's actually lending credence to all of the people who had said you were playing well below your 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 ability and your potential which they were which is I think why everybody's freaking out not just in the media I mean we've done this every single game all season long including preseason the bubble in the playoffs last year in this game and we see what people are in here in the chat saying we got thousands of people coming in here and just letting it fly and they're friggin frustrated you know because again you wouldn't get frustrated if you thought the team had no talent and no shot you get frustrated because you think that they're the level that they can play across the board is better and when you see them play it you're happy that they did it, but you're like, we were right. They were playing like ass before. And they kind of were. So uh, whatever they used for the motivation to get to this level, it's great. Uh Bobby, I wanna I wanna engage you, my friend, because I can't tell if you're frozen or doing something else. But no, I wanna just,
2: I'm just listening to the dialogue here. I, so,
1: I want to hear a little if, bit from you, you. Yeah. You, right? If
0: Bobby if, knows,
1: if, exactly. If, <laughs> if, how do we do this with we five could. people? This is a great if, show. Sometimes you got you know
2: like, if I'm going to throw it back to the conversations we had about Smart, even at the deadline there, I, I think it's worth noting that, you know, he had a point himself. Millions.
0: <laughs> Millions. Thank you,
2: John. <laughs> he, he had a point himself. I mean, he was out, he was coming back from a major injury we thought at the time might've ended his season in a you know dramatic way. So when he was coming back trying to get his feet beneath him, there was definitely a four or five game stretch. I think of Memphis in particular where he was Mm -hmm. not himself. You remember that switch with Rob Mm -hmm. down the stretch, losing John Morant in key situations. There was another game around that time too, where I wasn't all that impressed with him defensively. And that's when we had those conversations. Is he slipping? You know, is this as good as we've seen him play in the past? When really, if you look at his season right now, first, 11 or so games they were solid defensively probably like a 107 uh, defensive rating or so that went way up when he exited the lineup and then since he's come back it's gone way down and they've been a much better team to the point where they are top five team on the defensive end of the floor in april so you look at this and we say is he overrated are these you know things about his defense overblown well, you look at when he's in versus when he's out, the tone he's setting when he's in there versus the other guys trying to piece it all together when he's out of this lineup. I know there's a replacement level issue there because it's Grant and Pritchard and others coming in for him. But he's so important. And I went as far as to say during those conversations, he's the cornerstone of this defense. And I still think you see it. Well, he Not is. because. is. Yeah, and it's it's not like what people think. He's going out there and shutting down the best guy every single night. But he's the one, the point man, getting back in transition, as you saw tonight. He's rotating on the big man. He did it again on Nerchis tonight when that becomes an issue. He's just doing like seven different things a night, to oh, pieces we together.
1: Sequence too, man.
2: Yeah, like he just the NBA defense has changed so much over the last ten years, and he does the thing. Even if John, he can't stay in front of. Steph Curry for a
0: whole game. He's you know, doing other thing. things. No, Let me know. He, does, <laughs> he <laughs> does. Nobody can. It's the that's same thing saying, about. You. It's the same thing about stopping Embiid. Nobody can. Yeah. Okay, that's all. You're right. Yeah. It's it's an unfair criticism to say. So, say hey, it really Embiid. doesn't matter because what we uh, say ship, about him. The shiftiest, quickest guys in the league who shuts to down five Steph Curry. When yeah. he's in his bag. No because
2: one. Because we asked We asked at the time who can do that. Yeah, no.
0: That's true. Do we all agree on everything are we silent here no God, no. no way we'll get Marcus, um, Marcus. so i am going <laughs> to tell is... people i'm going to tell people once again real quick uh we're doing the locker room thing we're probably going to slide over there again we went a little longer than we wanted on the post game show but there are millions and millions of people here right now uh, <laughs> the millions millions uh-huh. of people no but i mean again uh, between all of our platforms, quite a few people in here right now uh, uh, watching and listening, not just, you know, the main YouTube here. But uh, we don't want to disappoint. We don't want to leave you. So we do want to hang a little bit longer. So Sway and Bobby will hang and close out this show and then join us over on Locker Room. Sharad and I are going to head over in a little bit. Um, someone's going to open up a link for you and put it in the chat. And yeah, we are going to head over we're gonna head over in a few. Probably, you know, we're at the 52-minute mark. Probably at the hour mark. Sharad and I are gonna head over. These guys will limp in a little bit later. Um, Joe Suway, limp just
2: in. We'll be running Joe, by as you guys are trying to open the door. <laughs> Joe Joe, Joe, Joe Sway's gonna
1: crawl in. I'll be laid back. That's what. That's good about the locker room. I can just be
2: chilling. I want to say so this. Tight. This is what's crazy about this show. We've been doing it for years now. Every single year there's a point in the season where everybody is low on Marcus Smart and then usually it builds up around playoff time where everyone every you know host on this show just ends up saying yeah he's great yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone just has to concede by the time playoff But time you comes know around.
0: I See, guess this is go, go ahead
3: Yeah I'm, I'm 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 trying to remember when I was I was you know, ready to cash in my marcus smart stock. And I don't think I ever really that was the was craziest there. thing about it. He he named which, you which is weird because like- <laughs> he named you it was mostly me,
0: but um <laughs> like, I, I I do it five I, I love the dude. I, for me it's well, we five all to talked ten about
2: trading him. I really think that's what it came down to is we were legitimately putting oh, if, his name in deals.
3: If you're a five hundred team that shouldn't be a 500 team. Everyone on the roster should be someone you talk about potentially trading because you're looking to make yourself better. Does that mean you want to trade them? No. Does it mean you're actively engaged in trying to get a deal done? No. But you should be having conversations to know the value of your team. That's to me, That's just being a good steward of the team that you're running. And, again, then it comes down thinking, to – I
1: was thinking, pulled the, uh pull the KOC or something. I don't know. Someone said, someone said something to Shiroff just like, yeah, that's true. And then no, Marcus maybe, maybe ju- maybe saw that.
0: Because <laughs> it just comes down, it just comes down to the narrative. That's what like, I
1: thought it was. <laughs> Marcus saw that one. Yeah, I agree with that. He was like, oh, well, for real, Sherrod? Like, <laughs> let,
2: let, let's, let's throw it back, Sherrod. Looking back on how this has gone, would you have still done the Alonzo Ball swap that you threw out
3: there? I would talk about it. I don't it depends on what I have to give up. Yeah. Marcus, I'm, Smart. I, I, I
1: straight up. Marcus in the first, Well, that's another thing too, Bobby. You're having this conversation in a couple of months. Like (laughs) like, everything can change by then.
2: We'll be, yeah, we'll be doing it again come summertime. (laughs) We'll definitely be doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Stay tuned everyone at
1: some
0: point. Guys, the link is in the chat right now. Uh, If it's not pinned, it will be shortly, but CLNS media here. Just put it up there. Um, That's where we're going to go in a couple of minutes. I'll give you guys a heads up before we do. Look, guys, the Marcus Smart thing has always come down to not whether Marcus Smart has value to the Celtics, not whether Marcus Smart does a million little things, not whether Marcus Smart is gritty and plays defense, the type of guy you want on your team. The answer to all of those things is yes, times a thousand. The Marcus Smart conversation always comes down to, are we really talking about this guy as an immovable piece that you couldn't possibly ever consider trading for potential upgrades like you can't improve if you tra- if you included marcus smart in any trade and it's like well of course the charade said of course you're going to talk about it like you're talking about trading him for players who can do a lot of things that he doesn't necessarily do or younger players or players that help there was, you in an, other in- areas, there you was an
2: inverse to that though where we talked about would this guy go to a losing team and really yeah. shake things up and, you know, do losing teams find value in that. And, and it Big seems shit. like they did. It, it, se- it seems like they did. And I still think teams like Sacramento, Orlando, those kind of teams, when he was a free agent way back when now, are, are kicking themselves a little bit for not pushing just a little bit more to try to get him in there and make a real offer because the Celtics, they essentially signed him uncontested. Like they, they, they gave him, a, you know, I think what ended up being a fair deal probably for both sides. Like you know, below, he never got an offer sheet from me No, anyone. I was below oh,
0: market value. Way below. He it, gambled. Way below. He had a better deal earlier, didn't take it, and lost money. Um, it was. And it was below. Way market. below.
3: And, it, and the, the, the well, thing the below thing his
0: market, it was the right. market. You just didn't know. Yeah, it. yeah, oh, right. Below what yeah, they I were just, all willing to pay him before he shopped, and then they saw there was nothing there, and he got well below. I just yeah.
3: you know the, the just you know when the reason why I cringe and stomach curl when I think about like him and Lonzo, for example, is that all the teams that I've dealt with and been around that won championships had a Marcus Smart-like guy in the roster. James Posey, uh, you know, Lindsey Hunter back in the day in Detroit. You start going just that gritty, grimy, do whatever you have to do to win the game type of guy. And no disrespect to Lonzo Ball, who I think is a very talented player, I don't think he's ever going to evolve into that kind of guy. And when I look at the rest of the guys on this roster, I don't well, see anyone who's got that kind of dog doggedness. is a little
2: too cool for school. You know, he's exactly. not—he's a quiet so guy.
3: He's not speaking I, up. This is this is Bobby. This is what I think would happen. I would pull a Lucy Charlie Brown number where I'm like, "Yeah, I'll think about trading Marcus Smart." And the minute it comes time to pull the deal, I will pull it off the table and be like, "Nope, I'm keeping him." Because that's how I again, felt. Yep. <clears throat> the the more the more I think about it and think about Lonzo and, and and look at all the different pros and cons, if you're serious about winning a championship sooner rather than later, you either find someone with a similar dog like grittiness to them, and then you think about trading them, or you keep them in the fold. Now, if if let's say you had like a Matisse Thibel, for example, if you had him on the roster, that that we got something that, that's a different conversation. Because you've got that well, he well, is very market smart like. I think this gets lost in the conversation. I to you, just
2: in just a sec, but what gets lost about smart and what makes him so tough to replace is this guy was an elite, elite prospect coming into the league.
0: Yes. He, we talk about that all the time. He was a scorer.
2: If he came out after freshman year, he was the number one pick in the draft. Passing, yep. rebounding, size, versatility—he brings all that and the, everything you mentioned right there, Sherrod. So Lonzo certainly has that cachet too. Number two pick in the draft, oh, yeah. elite Good prospect, player. no question. But he does he have that extra level of fire and intensity that Smart does, and those things sort of combine at Smart to even with his frustrating tendencies to make him. I don't want to say irreplaceable, but extremely difficult to replace, certainly.
3: Yeah. yeah like, and and they don't have you. anything comparable to it. And that's for me that that's right. that's the, the, the well the thing that makes it difficult to move him unless you're getting someone who's just super, super talented that you just can't walk away from. Well, that's uh, the thing. I'm not it's, sure Alonzo's that guy.
0: That's why you I, I think so, but that's why you talk about it. But yeah. on this team, on this team, you're right his value is increased because they have less talent around him. If you talked about Marcus Smart two and three years ago, he was a glue guy on an uber-talented roster, but you could have considered, right. you know, and that's where I think he fits best. He's a guy on a, on a good roster who really helps round you out. The major question's going to be for Celtics fans is – is this a 20 is this is are you going into the 20 plus million range if that's what it's going to take to keep him but I don't know whether I think similarly to um, his last go around with the contract that number that people are theorizing he's going to get he's actually not going to get so I actually do think he stays here on what's going to seem like a be fantastic I think he's going to stay here on what's going to seem like a team-friendly deal because it's again it's bad business in the NBA to overpay for the middle class and so that's why shelling out 20 22 million dollars for this glue guy you know that does a lot of the little things for you is a luxury a lot of teams just simply can't afford Um, and so I I think he's going to be here Uh, I think I'll continue to be here but as long as he signs a a a friendly manageable contract his name's also going to be mentioned in trade talks for the rest of his existence you know um and so that's just gonna we're gonna be doing this cycle with marcus i think for years the big Mm -hmm. difference is though he'll be unrestricted this time and going
2: into it with that sentiment of all right i didn't get it last time i i proved it I'm yeah. gonna get it this time. But and you're think-
0: looking at you're looking at the non you're looking at those second tier teams that can't get the big fish. You're right. So one of them might say, I'm going I'm going for it here. You know, like you're you're I mean, look at what Atlanta did this offseason, throwing money all over the place just because they wanted to the- improve somewhere you're right you have a team that's got cap space and says i gotta spend it somewhere maybe he does so it, it, it is a different equation now uh shirad and i are gonna head over once again i want to tell everybody here um this is the locker room situation um come on over anyone want to hang here with bobby and josue for a little while longer by all means do, but it is late. We are going to wrap up this show shortly. Um, come join us on Locker Room. We're going to take your questions for the next you know, 30 minutes or so um, and then wrap that up as well. We just got Joe Sway. Joe Sway, Damn discipline, Joe buddy. Sway. Look at this guy. Um, so we're going to head out, uh, but I'm going to pass it over to Bobby uh, here and, uh, and Joe Sway. So, Sherrod, why don't you head out? Uh, and yep. start jumping into the room because we've had some issues here. Um, yep. And we will see you guys over there. Uh, whoever wants to come now and everybody else, come later. We'll we'll be hanging. Um, Bobby, you still here? Bobby, are you two people? Yeah, I'm trying to take control over here. I always
2: do this
1: yeah, too late. Gonna say, was, it's to be no the Joe problem. Show. I'm going to hook
0: you up. Ready? I can Go.
1: hear him, but I thought it was going to be the Joe Suede show. I don't see him.
0: Yeah, he's the worst.
1: <laughs> oh, this is Joe Sway. There he is. got me. on, guys. guys? Joe Sway from all here. All right, all right.
0: What's up, Bobby? Hold on. Now I'm missing audio. I'm to
1: take over. Oh, 2 a.m. Joe Sway show with the
0: kickoff. He's missing there. audio, Joe Sway, so I can't leave. I can't leave yet.
1: Oh, because oh, if you leave, oh, you'll take me with you, right?
0: No, no, no. It, you'll just be stuck because Bobby can't hear you right now, so I'll hang out here. We'll give Sherrod a little time. He's been, he's been struggling. Uh, Bobby's got control. He can let himself in, and when he does, as long as he can hear you, uh, Bobby, you got Joe Sway? Yep. All right, I'm me. out. I'll see you guys in the locker room, guys. Um, uh, Head on over in a few minutes, all right? All right. All right.
2: Bobby good. and Joe Sway in the dark. Let's <laughs> after go.
0: After dark, whatever
2: you, you – know, let's, pretend, let's pretend we're doing
1: one of our our, our, our classic radio shows, yo. We're up, up until uh, – got 10 minutes left to go. <laughs> <laughs> you already know what it is. Hit us up. 899-USCB. Well, we- I don't know what your call letters were, but that was mine
2: dj bob's thirsty thursday that was mine thirsty uh,
1: thursday you had the same title as me though i love it thursday night hip-hop that had, was so uh, eight to ten eight to ten was my slot
2: that was the way to go so lots of stuff going on in the world i, I know jalen brown was talking about the situation in minnesota tonight um of course dmx passed as well we talked about that on our own uh there's just a ton going on around the basketball world beyond sports right now. Uh, So we can take this a million different directions. We can take questions. We can uh, bounce around uh, the league where some interesting stuff is happening. The Nuggets just lost Jamal Murray in devastating fashion. So I don't know. What do you want to hit on Joe Sway?
1: Um, I don't know, man. I'm thinking we keep it more, keep it, keep it something with the connected with the Celtics. I don't know if you want to do, uh, uh, what what Jalen had to say, or you know, just in general, I, I guess with with Jalen and and of course yeah, so a, a across, lot of th- across the league, I'm sure are talking about it.
2: A lot of people around basketball obviously weighed in on the shooting, and I, again, I know some people in the chat are gonna be like comply, and some people in the chat are gonna be like, there was a tragedy, you know, let's there's an issue at play here that the players care about immensely. You know, we'll try to keep it as non-political. Uh, but it's going to wade in 10 waters now. And you can either accept that and continue to enjoy the sport or walk away because it's not going away. I mean, this is issues that these players care about. It's in their own communities and they want to address it, you know, whether you like it or not. And so Jalen came out after the game again tonight, didn't want to address basketball. Um, I think the exact quote was want everybody to stay safe. Um, and, you know, just see less of this happening. You know, forget just police shootings in this country. Over the last seven days, we saw a school shooting. We've seen multiple school shootings since the country just kind of opened up again. Um, I mean, just so much, so much tragedy around the country right now. I mean, we've seen a couple of officers killed at the Capitol, and it's just a turbulent time. And I think consider too when it comes to this year is all the stuff that they have to deal with inside their heads. We talk about noise and criticism. Uh, We talk about fatigue, mental, and dealing with COVID cases, along with stuff going on in the world that they have to juggle around kind of in a space where they can't get out there and do anything about And I think it's immensely difficult where we think that these guys are bulletproof. Think about them being noise to the absolute degree. And this way and i know you've talked to a lot of players over the years and kind of gotten into some of this real world stuff with them they are they are more transparent and consu- stuff at a higher level than people think like this stuff i'm criticism real world stuff um and obviously family stuff as well when you think of carl anthony Townsend and
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it's easy to forget how serious they take that responsibility, right? Because it's obviously something that's been passed down, you know, whether it's uh, what they've seen in the past or whether it's, you know, growing up and, and being able to speak on particular platforms and social media, whereas past generations didn't necessarily have that. So, you know, I think all of that comes with the territory. So obviously we're talking about um, the majority of these NBA players that grow up in those you know, kind of environment, and and they know this is the best chance to reach so many people, you know, the fact that they play in the NBA, the fact that they, you know, make, you know, X amount of dollars and they're able to use that power. I I think it's a great thing, obviously, but also I think it's easy to forget that they're taking this stuff home as well, you know. It's stuff that maybe doesn't hit particularly hard for some players, but for others it does. So I I think it's so important that Jalen keeps that, you know, into keeps everyone in check in the sense of, like, listen – we're dealing with this. Other players are dealing with that. You know, dealing with these issues. And this is something that affects everyone. And it'll be interesting to see what the NBA does moving forward, especially in the postseason. Um, it's just, it, it's kind of, it's kind of a scary time, Bobby. If you really think about it. I mean, you, you, you touched on it perfectly uh, to, to in the beginning when you talk about the country opening up. A lot of cities are just now opening back up again. And there's a lot of these mass shootings and these tragedies going on across the nation that can really put this put everyone in a, a really scary place to be as uh, the, the cities are trying to open back up. And of course, just here in Boston, you know, with the nice weather out. And, and of course, this is that time when people start to go back out. And and we're seeing that already with the new phase. And, and now that uh, sporting events are allowing, you know, uh, spectators to come back in. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's. I'm not surprised to see this from out of Jalen Brown, but I just, uh, to to see the rest of what the NBA has to do what they have to say or what they're going to do moving forward. It's going to be really interesting.
2: Yeah. They all touched on it a little bit. Um, Greg Popovich, of course, was most pointed in it. Uh, (laughs) I mean, he went on a uh, political crusade there. And then even called out the owners of this league. He said, you know, and, and what I really love the, Touch on the intersectionality of all this stuff. Like, there's a gazillion guns in America. And so, you know, cops are running into people thinking they have guns. Of course, people in cars are having guns pointed at them. And there's just this whole fear factor there on both yeah. sides. Yeah. And uh, of course, when it comes to that school shooting issue, it's an issue for a long, long time. Like, there's a sense on one side, can't do anything about it. And then, you know, people on one side want to do a lot of stuff about it, and that kind of creates a stalemate there. Uh, but Pope ended up saying, you know, all these issues kind of come together. We're not going to change them. Every solution that gets put on the table, it's no. Basically, at status quo for decades now. And uh, he said, you know, maybe we'll look at the owners here and see what they're supporting. You know, like NBA owners right now, they've got a gazillion dollars. This is kind of what the players did in the bubble. You know, they said, all right. Milwaukee Bucks, we had a shooting in the Milwaukee area. What are these owners doing to impact change in the Milwaukee community? That was kind of the direction Pop took on this. I think Doc mentioned something along the lines of, we're talking about Black Lives are being canceled. He kind of did like a little spin on that. Again, I think people are just exhausted. And I think this is what people when it comes to players and how they're performing this year. Whether they need to take a step out of the lineup for a few days, like Kyrie has. Carl Anthony Towns did it tonight, of course, on the one year. I think what you can owe these athletes, at the very least, even if you don't support what they're talking about, is at least empathize with their feelings. And you don't have to absolutely nail them because you disagree with them.
1: Right. Exactly. You know, and I think, I think as a whole, a, a lot of the community is starting to understand that, or at least the NBA community as a whole. Um, and, and I feel like a lot of that has to do with 2020, you know, having that extra time to really think about things, obviously um, everyone, watched what was going on on CNN and, you know, during that hectic time. And uh, that, that obviously resonated within the NBA. And we saw what they did uh, in the bubble and the demonstrations that they did. And I uh, you know this is a conversation that, that maybe uh, people would, that they'd never had before or weren't comfortable with having, they were forced to have. And I think that's, at the end of the day, the overall goal. You know, when the Celtics uh, spoke out about it, you know, uh, when the NBA decided that they were going to stay in the bubble and use that platform for obviously not to just uh, finish the regular season and the playoffs, but to also, you know, um, talk about a serious topic that's going on across the nation that, that touches so many lives. So. Um, you, you look at all that, and, and the NBA is going to do their do their uh, due diligence, and I just think they they set the tone just like they did last year. You know, they continue to do that. They in the beginning they set the tone. I think for all major leagues, you know, all all major force, all four major sports, and and, and I think they they'll continue to do that. You know, um, I just hope I just hope that it'll, it'll we'll see a positive outcome before um, before hopefully something something happens at, at the end of the, at the end of the day you know it's tough Bobby I just hope it doesn't get dark you know I hope something it doesn't get darker before things get better you know no. Okay. and
2: you know how I am Joe Sway. I can say a lot more than this but I don't want right. report- to <laughs> take this I don't want to take this garden report program and make it something different right now I'm just trying to all I really want to get out of this is make people accept the conversation and that it's going to happen right. and that we we have to have it I don't care whether you agree or disagree I always see we post a lot of these videos of um, people reacting to these incidents when this stuff happens. And sports fans in general just go, get it on my face. I don't want to deal with this. I didn't come here for this. And it's like certain people can't flip a switch and tune it out of their lives. So, I mean, I don't think anyone deserves to do it. Um, But, you know, I'm, I'm glad we got to touch on this. We'll go back and talk some basketball. I appreciate anyone who stood by and watched this. I'm sure a lot of people dropped out, but I you just know, think it just
1: hit, it just hit 2 a.m. Everyone is still rocking with us. We appreciate it. Seriously.
2: Yeah. So we'll jump over to the locker room. John and Sherrard are probably just getting it to work, uh, which is good. That's why we buy our time here. And uh, we'll be back on Thursday, I think, is the Lakers game. Yes,
1: let's do it. Let's see if so this can close out this road trip, three-game road trip. See if they go 3-0. No. Regardless, this is going to be a great game. So thoughts oh, we'll, on the
2: Lakers quick before we get out of here. Okay, yeah, let's do it. No, you got any? I'm asking you. <laughs> oh, DC, let's t- let's touch on the Lakers real quick. I mean, yeah. uh, it's
1: gonna it's, that's that's a tough matchup regardless of, of of who's healthy on that side. You know, I, I just think you know if if, this, if we're seeing no LeBron and and, and no Anthony Davis, there's a great opportunity again to to close out this road trip with a win. Um, Dennis Schroeder, you know, Trez Trez has been killing it. You know, Harold, I, I think those are two guys that can really. Be a thorn in the Celtics' side if, if, if you're not uh, thorough the way we saw they were against the Portland Trailblazers, man. Like, this has to be all four quarters here, uh, particularly that third quarter. I'm not saying that Jason Tatum has to go out and, and put together another amazing third quarter like he's done the last couple of games or the last few of these outings, but I just think they have to be able to sustain that toughness uh, from the Lakers. Uh, that's, that's obviously the champion Lakers for a reason, and I, I just think they, uh, just like most teams in the NBA, they love seeing the Celtics. I mean, the, the teams that are the top-notch team, they want to beat the, beat up on the Celtics. And the ones that are, you know, 500, fine for a playoff spot, they, they they see blood. You know, they want to uh, prove themselves. And, and again, they the Lakers team that uh, they see the Celtics are on the, the end of a West Coast road trip, you know, they're, they're going to try to, uh, you know, end this, this winning streak. But hopefully the Celtics can keep things going here.
2: Yeah, you hit on it. They got interior play. They're outstanding defensively. And they have some oh, shifty, man. quick guards uh, that can attack the basket. And, uh, no LeBron, no AD. They've still been competitive. They had a really rough stretch there when they both went for it, went down As for the man. first time.
3: But, yeah,
2: Andre Drummond came in and coming in made a difference, too. And I think that's why we we were considering that option because he is a good player. And if he joins a good team, you see he can make a good impact. Uh, so, appreciate everyone. We're going to Locker Room. Join Locker Room.com or you can search in your app store. We're still waiting for that uh, Android app. But until then, you can subscribe to the Celtics postgame show. If you just search it on Google, you'll find the various streams, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you need to get it on your Androids. And you can listen to it tomorrow morning if you're still boxed out of it. But hopefully we'll get that Android app going soon. Joe Sway and I are about to jump over there for probably 20, 30 minutes. And uh, we'll, we'll talk some bigger picture stuff with the Celtics. Thanks, guys. We're back Thursday late night again. Uh, 12.30 a.m. more or less for a 10 o'clock tip. We'll see you guys then.
1: All right, guys.